Welcome to Fearlessly Feral Living. Today's episode is called Love Thy Neighbor, which I'm discovering is much easier said than done. However, I'm going to give it a good try. And I'm going to present some ideas in this episode that I think have merit when we are considering loving our neighbors. So here's our introduction. This is Reverend Karen coming at you, talking about fearlessly feral living. And I am broadcasting to you from the Woogie Ranch out here in the back 40 of northwestern Nevada, where I'm a half an hour away from the nearest gas station and the nearest grocery store. This is a podcast devoted to using new thought principles to ensure successful creative living. Fearlessly Feral is a focus ministry of Centers for Spiritual Living and devoted to the vision of a world in which everyone lives fearlessly feral, or in other words, wild and free. We blend spirituality and psychology to work from the inside out to promote successful, wild, and free living. So I prepared what I'm about to say here as a talk for one of our New Thought siblings, a Unity Church. But what downloaded for me in researching and preparing this talk felt really important. In fact, when I finished the talk, all I could say was, wow, and whew. So I thought, okay, I got to do a podcast episode of this and present it here to you as well. So, love thy neighbor. Each month in Centers for Spiritual Living, we're provided with a topic for the month. We're free, of course, to use or not use the topic, but over the years, I have found that using these topics is a great gift. They encourage me sometimes to dive into subjects that sometimes I would rather bypass. This is one of those topics. The topic for September is Love Out Loud. And I knew this topic was coming. And yep, it was one of the ones I wanted to bypass, particularly with dialing it in and narrowing the focus to loving thy neighbor. So here's a sample of the conversation I've been having with myself. Now notice I speak in the third person plural, as in we. Me, number one. Wow, what a great topic. Let's do at least one podcast episode this month using this topic. And weave the topic into my talk for unity in the middle of the month. Here's me, number two. We don't need to do that. We love unconditionally all the time, everyone. Haven't we been out and about in community, associating with all kinds of people that we disagree with on so many levels? Haven't we been loving them unconditionally? Yeah, I've been thinking like that and I have to laugh at myself because really, Karen, really, come on. It's been like that. And the truth is I haven't been loving everyone unconditionally and I haven't been loving out loud either. What I have been doing is tolerating. And sometimes I can't even get to that. I just stay away from people. I can't can't even tolerate Sometimes I'm able to get to a point where I can wish them well, but I simply can't seem to love them unconditionally. Now, here's what I know about this stuff. When we can't get to loving everything unconditionally, we are limiting ourselves. This isn't about them, folks. It's about us. 
So my point, my first point in this talk, what does loving unconditionally look like? What would it mean for me to love out loud? How do I love people that support less than equal rights? How do I love people that place more importance on their wallets than on equality or caring for Mother Earth or caring for their human beings and having compassion for everyone? How do I do that? When it comes right down to it, how do I love people who think differently than me? Without sacrificing my principles and without feeling betrayed and wanting to go and hide under the covers, whenever one of them says something so abhorrent to me that it feels and sounds like fingernails on a chalkboard. How do we love the people that we feel are trampling all over our very existence? These are the questions that come up for me when I consider loving my neighbor. So you might be able to see why this is a topic that I wanted to bypass. These are tough questions, people. These are really tough questions. And you may or may not be asking these questions of yourself. But you might also have a situation in your life where you might say, why should I even try to love them unconditionally? So here's an answer for you to contemplate. This answer comes to us from a book called Revelations on the River. It's by a guy named Matthew Dowd. He says, we should try to love thy neighbor because love is not a goal. It's the way. And I'm going to repeat that. Love is not a goal. It is the way. Love is the way for us to have a successful life. Love is the way for us to live fearlessly feral, if you will. Because paradoxically, loving our neighbor is about more, it's more about us than it is about them. It's about being love, not expressing it. It's about showing up as love, not feeling it. When we be love as a way of life, The rest of it just sort of automatically happens. And it's my belief that a refusal to be love is a self-limiting prophecy. And I'm going to repeat that one too. A refusal to be love is a self-limiting prophecy. So let's take a deep dive into what being love looks like and see if we can't come a bit closer to that. Along with the recommendation by Centers for Spiritual Living for this topic, thank you very much, by the way, (laughs) is a recommendation for a book of the month. The book this month is called All About Love by a lady named Bell Hooks. In this book, she says that if we are successfully to answer the call to love thy neighbor, we must first identify what love looks like. So we have some exploration to do. Here's what she says. To truly love, we must learn to mix various ingredients. Care, affection, recognition, respect, commitment, and trust. As well as honest and open communication. Well, I read that and said, wow. So I looked at how I was loving my neighbors. 
I looked at where I had respect. Turns out, not so much. Takes a lot for me to say I respect someone. I looked at where I had trust. Turns out, not so much. I don't trust much. I trust myself. I trust my partnership with God. I trust oneness. I don't trust much else. Except for, I have a sort of a negative kind of trust. I trust certain people to behave in certain ways. Like the guy who called me woke one day with scorn and derision. I trust that he will continue to do that. The lady who thinks I shouldn't be a minister because I'm a woman, I trust that she will never change her position. And I certainly don't respect those people either. So if love contains within it aspects of respect and trust, I'm not there yet. I'm just not there yet. And I'm not sure I want to get there, not with a misogynist and not with a bigot. Except... Guys, we're being called to do so. Because anytime we refuse to show up being love, even with the misogynist and the bigot, there's dragons there. Oh my God, there's dragons there. And those dragons bite back. They bite back with stress-related illnesses. They bite back with depression. They bite back with anger. They bite back with frustration and disappointment and feelings of betrayal. They bite with all sorts of things that keep us from living life with joy. So obviously, Bell Hook's definition of love isn't working so well for me, and I need to revise or renew or maybe even create a definition of what love looks like. That's our invitation right now. We need to revise or renew or recreate our definition of what love looks like. Because if love is the way, if love is an aspect of God, and I believe it is, and we are made in the image and likeness of God, and I believe we are, then we need to be love simply because that is who we are ultimately called to be. Never mind that we don't understand what that looks like. And if it does look like trust and respect for people who are doing and saying reprehensible things, then how does that look? Maybe it looks like finding one thing, just one thing that we can trust and respect about people like that. So we begin there. Because let's face it, folks, we have to be love. We just have to be love. To do or be anything else, in my belief, is to contribute to the demise of the world. Yeah, this is important stuff, people. So I consulted some other references and people of wisdom to get to this definition of love. And Charles Fillmore, the founder of Unity, says in his 12 Powers of Man, without love, we would lose contact with our Mother Earth. And losing that, we would fly off into space and be lost in the stardust of unborn worlds. So obviously he feels pretty strongly about this too. 
We need love. We need to be love in our life. We need to feel love. It's that strong. It's that powerful. This is the power of love. Even in the Bible, it talks about love. It talks about how love is stronger than everything. So obviously, we need to some clarity on what it looks like to be love. Because honestly, before we can love our neighbors, we have to be love. So I went back to Bell Hooks, and in her book called All About Love, she said that love must contain elements of willingness to nurture our own and others' spiritual growth. Now I can hang with that. This is what I do. I'm a minister. My my mission in life right now is to nurture my own and others' spiritual growth. That's my reason for being. So I can hang I can hang out with that one. She says we cannot claim to love if we are hurtful and abusive. Love and abuse cannot coexist. Okay. I've already gotten that one too. I cannot say bad things about people who think differently than me. I can't act violently. Now, I don't act violently, but I have been known to say bad things about people who think differently than me. I have been known to verbally attack and say, "You're, you're a mess if you think that way, if you believe that way. That's verbal abuse, guys. I stopped doing that a long time ago, and I encourage you to stop doing it too. Do not be hurtful and abusive with your words. We need to think love of love as an action rather than a feeling. Love is, if we're going to be love, we need to act love. And Hooks also says in her book that part of acting love means we have accountability and responsibility. And I'm going to add something to that. We have personal accountability and responsibility. In other words, we can't be loving if we are blaming anything for anything. And yeah, I meant to say it that way. If we're blaming anything for anything, we're not taking responsibility. We do not have personal accountability, period. We cannot blame and be loving. They don't fit together. They cannot coexist together in the same entity. So we can't find fault. Fault finding is a barrier to love. And personal accountability and responsibility means we stop being victims. Which means sometimes that we need to make difficult decisions. And running in the background of my mind while I was preparing this talk was... Tough love has a place in here somewhere. And tough love is very often misunderstood. Tough love is about compassion and being loving, but setting boundaries. It's not about loving the sinner, but not the sin. Oh my God, please, no. I could do a whole podcast episode just on that one sentence. There's so many things wrong with that. So much. Tough love means we set boundaries and we do it lovingly with compassion, but we don't let people walk all over us. That's what tough love is about. Tough love is not about trying to control other people, guys. And that's all I'm going to say about that in this particular episode. Maybe I'll do another one on that too. 
Love is an action means that we are open to new and very creative solutions to the problems laid before us by people who are not being loving. It's kind of like if we're going to be love, we need to be that guy in the in the TV program that gets in a jam and comes up with these incredibly creative solutions to get himself out. MacGyver, that's his name, MacGyver. We need to be MacGyver with this. We need to come up with different and creative solutions to be love. No matter what the situation is in our life, we need to MacGyver it. That's just what we need to do. So we need to get creative. And you may have heard of this saying by Albert Einstein that says, we can't solve our problems with the same thinking that created them. So if we are to be love, we need to begin to think differently. This takes persistence and consistency and willingness. It takes willingness to really, really examine our motives and our fears. The Course in Miracles says there's only two basic states of consciousness, love or fear. And they can't coexist together in the same body. If we're making decisions based on fear, if we're acting based on fear, that's not love. So we need to examine what fear looks like for us and what love looks like for us. And sometimes that means we start with what didn't work and we move back a bit to see where the decision to do what didn't work started. And we move back a bit more and we see where that started. And then we look back a bit more and we see where that started. Then, once we've got some clarity, we can begin to move forward in love. Because as Ernest Holmes said, love points the way. So if we are to love our neighbor, we need to examine what love looks like for us with an eye towards being love, not feeling love. We need to examine what love doesn't look like for us. We need to take a look at our fears and we need to become aware of the actions we take when we are afraid. You know, if we're flying or freezing or fighting, that's not love, guys. In other words, if we're running away, oh, we can't breathe, oh, we're fighting back, that's not love. It's just not. We need to discover how we operate when we're in fear. And then we need to discover how we want to be instead, how we want to show up. And yeah, it's a tall order, but it's also our calling. It's what's up for us. Imagine what your life could be like if you showed up in the world as love 24-7. Do you not think that creative solutions to your problems would present themselves? Do you not think if you showed up as love 24-7 that life would change for you for the better if you showed up being love? That's our, this is our invitation, guys. So obviously, I don't have the ultimate answer is how to love thy neighbor. I really don't. I have more questions than answers. But I have a beginning. I have a way to start with this. Obviously, we aren't the only ones to examine how to do this because there's so much writing on the subject. There's a wealth of it. 
but we can start with self-exploration and self-examination and exploring what love could look like in our life and what being love could look like in our life. And simultaneously also exploring what the opposite of love looks like and be and feels like in our life so that we don't do that anymore. And then maybe we can move out into the world and join with other people who are doing the same kinds of explorations. And I want to tell you right now, it's doing my heart really good because I'm seeing evidence of that beginning to happen. You know, I live in the back 40. I live in rural Nevada. And there are three groups in my area that are forming. And they're simply, they have no formality to them. They're just people meeting, trying to figure out how to be love. Oh, they phrase it differently. There's one called Listening, Learning, Loving. They have that loving in the title, but there's another one called The Forward Party. I mean, these people are trying to figure out how to be and show up differently in love. And they're talking about it. And if there's groups here in my little neck of the woods, then there's groups everywhere. I believe we are in the midst of a great change in this country. Yeah, we're at a crisis point and something's got to give. So if more of us show up as being love and loving our neighbor, we can direct the way things fall when the give happens. So it begins with us. And I will leave you there with that, knowing fearlessly feral living for me and for you. And Fearlessly Feral Living is a focus ministry, once again, of Centers for Spiritual Living. And your support is so much appreciated and fully tax deductible. You can support the podcast. You can support by becoming a member on Patreon. You can donate to our PayPal page. And you can find out more information about all of that on our website, fearlesslyferal.org. That's fearlesslyferal.org, and I thank you very much for listening.